0: This is neha and welcome to brain world so today we're gonna talk about a real interesting topic something that we're still not sure exists something that might be hypothesis something that all physicists consider to be the most pressing questions of all time born as a result of string theory and seen in popular science fiction this is the brain world now i'll take it real nice and slow for you all to understand it because Well, first, that we're all learners here, and second, I really want you guys to take it all in, think about it, look it up, and, well, become more smart. So, let's get started. Oh, shoot. Oh, damn. I completely forgot to talk about myself. So, hey, all. I'm Neha, and I'm an undergraduate who has, like, a lot of hobbies, a lot of things that they love to do. So, I love talking as is a parent i love writing i love i love listening to music but most of all i love making science more accessible more fun to people so ever since i knew that i had to just choose academia that i had to choose the road that makes me you know that makes me a professor that makes me connect to people in a way that normal a normal audience cannot a normal person cannot when it comes to science so i used a variety of methods that made me feel like i could reach out to the audience talk to them about all things science and make them go like you know what science will do so much better if we are uh, a more scientifically inclined society so i decided to to give well hands on activities to perform hands on activities uh, to make people understand that, you know what, they, to understand, to help them understand the working of, of behind everything. I wrote, I presented, I still give lectures, but I think that it never felt enough. It never felt like I was giving my all into it. And I knew that there was something more that I can do. There was something more that can be achieved. And then I decided that there has to be another option. And... A while back, I discovered about podcasts. Yeah, pretty late, I know. But anyways, I discovered about podcasts and I loved how you can talk about the things you like. You can engage with people. You you can talk your heart out. And people just have to pop their headphones in and, you know, listen to all you have to say. So yeah, podcasts were basically something, were the answer that I was looking for. And then was, and then Brain World was born and so i hope that in brain world every topic every episode i talk about a new topic preferably not always about science but all other things that you know that are there for example you know for example you know feminism talking about talking about the queer community talking about well, academia and many other things. So it doesn't have to it won't be you know scientifically inclined all the time. It will always be it will always be fun, it will be something that you all look forward to hopefully. So anyways, back to physics. let's go. So now every major established discipline of theoretical physics, such as classical mechanics, um, general relativity, now all these electromagnetism, I'm sorry now all these you know disciplines of theoretical physics now they are all centered around a set of equations for example a very good example is the schrodinger's equation i'm sorry my tongue just slipped anyways so now these equations help us approximate and find out our answers in a very accurate method so basically equations are nice i think a good example would be pi a number that is used to compute, that is used as a way to compute more, about, to know more about a circle, about the surface area of a circle, basically everything circle. So or for the ones who do not like math, I'd like you to think of math the next time you tip your waiter. <laughs> so yeah, equations rule. Now anyways, back to science. Now we all know the atom, we, we all study the atom. Now the familiar diagram of an atom just comes right in front of our eyes when we choose to visualize an atom the basic you know circle in between and real sciencey looking arcs around it which are the electrons obviously now i suggest you all to go google if you have if you are you know perfectly well versed with what an atom looks like and come back so we good okay now atom A beautiful structure that is made up of neutrons, protons and electrons. Now, for a person who has had a basic scientific education, a basic, you know, introduction to chemistry, thinks that there's all all to it of an atom. So, they think that, you know, the protons, electrons and neutrons are, are all there is to an atom. But for people who have studied more, for the people who are curious, they know that there's more to it. Now... Before we jump on to that, this is something that I think we all should know now. that will That is the base of what we're going to talk about next. So in all but the most extreme situations, physicists now they study things that are either small and light, like the atoms in their constituents. So basically quantum mechanics and or huge and heavy things like the stars, galaxy clusters, nebulae, supernovae, etc now they never study both this is because they are either inclined towards quantum mechanics or general relativity so that means that they need use only quantum mechanics or only general relativity and they have the independence they have the freedom to completely ignore the other pillar so this is a very important thing to know that quantum mechanics and general relativity they are the two main pillars of modern physics now, if you might wonder what old physics is old physics as in classical physics, now Newtonian physics is the classical physics. But now modern physics you know just completely relies on the shoulders of these shoulders of these two giants that is quantum mechanics and general relativity. General relativity talks about space-time continuum and it talks about, well, speed relative to one observer and etc. While quantum mechanics talks about how things work out, how probabilities, how wave functions, they work in the very, in the most fundamental way possible. So these two are the complete opposites of each other. They might, they might never, you know, work in the favor of each other at some times, but yeah, they are pretty important. Now, while quantum mechanics has proven to hold true in the most extreme of situations, for example, well, let's see, the interior of a black hole. Now, in the interior of a black hole, the laws of quantum mechanics, they stay correct, they stand corrected. And while they do stand corrected, uh, the general relativity, it sort of fails there. So, I think we all know who the winner is. Winner, winner. (laughs) Anyways, so, there still seems to be a rift between them two looking for a grand equation. Now, there is a grand equation that, you know, every physicist wants. So that these two pillars are unified and, well, they work in each other's favor, but... Now, this is something that even Stephen Hawking and Einstein worked on. Now is a good time to tell you all that Einstein never really liked quantum mechanics because it, you know, it directly opposed his findings about general relativity and he wasn't too pleased about it. Anyways, back to the atom we go. Now, as the atom is made up of fundamental particles, now their components, that is the neutrons, the electrons, the protons, so basically neutrons have no charge at all neutral particles as the name suggests now electrons have a negative charge and the protons have a positive charge so these three are the subatomic particles now people really didn't you know think of an atom being the most fundamental particle ancient indian scholars they Mm -hmm. dubbed the name parmanu parmanu basically means an atom so they they among all. You know, Indian physicists, Indian scholars, Greek scholars, they all knew that there was more, there was something more fundamental to everything that we see around. Now, for a while, many physicists thought that okay, now this sounds perfect, uh, but we don't know what the structure looks like. So, based on the experiments of the, based on experiments, based on the conclusions, for example, the plunk pudding model. Now, what else? What else? What is the gold leaf experiment by Rutherford, and most importantly, the Neil Bohr experiment, which gave a very accurate picture of what an atom looks like. Now, although that picture is not, does not stand correct in today's version of what the atom looks like, but it is still studied widely. Now, these experiments took place because curiosity prevailed, and people wanted to know. I mean, the academics, the scholars wanted to know more about what lies in the most fundamental parts of what they see around. So as curiosity, you know, just took them to places in 1968, the experimenters at the Stanford Linear Accelerator Center, they made use of increased capacity of technology. So, you know, they had all the resources with them and then they used that to probe into Depths of matter, basically just seeing into the matter, into the subatomic particles and being like, okay, there has to be something more into it. And then in 1968, they found out that protons and neutrons were not fundamental. So instead, it was seen that each consisted of three smaller particles, particles called quarks. Now, quarks is a name taken from a work of fiction by Murray Gilman, who was a scientist, and he used the word quark to describe, well, these, um well, sub-subatomic particles. Yeah, let's stick to the non-scientific word, we? Now, basically, a proton consists of two up quarks and a down quark. A neutron consists of um, two down quarks and an up quark. Yeah, I know the quark, the name is funny, but, <laughs> well. Now, everything that you see around you that is, well, the water bottle, in front of you, your favorite blouse, your pet if you have one. So, basically, everything that you can see, feel, touch, smell. Everything is made up of combinations of electrons, up quarks, and down quarks. Now, no experimental evidence yet indicates that any of these particles is built up of something smaller. But a great deal of evidence um, that indicates that the universe also has an additional of uh, particulate ingredients. So that was known, that came out to be discovered in the mid 1950s where another experimental evidence for a fourth kind of fundamental particle, a particle that is called a neutrino, a particle whose existence was predicted by Wolfgang Pauli. I think everybody who has studied chemistry knows about Wolfgang Pauli, Pauli's exclusion principle for those who don't know. He was famous for that. So neutrinos now they prove to be very difficult to find because they are ghostly particles and they rarely interact with any other matter and they take a lot to be deviated. For example an average energy neutrino can easily pass right through many trillion mines of lead without the slightest effect in its motion. Now to put it all into perspective um, by the time FN is a billions of neutrinos ejected into the space by the sun are passing through our body and the earth as well of course as a part of their lonely journey throughout the universe so they just keep going and they barely interact they mind their own business just like i should anyways this is too this is getting too relatable anyways (laughs) in the late 1930s another particle that is called a muon which is well identical to an electron except it is about 200 times heavier. Now, that was discovered by physicists studying cosmic rays. Now, cosmic rays are basically showers of particles that bombard Earth from outer space. So, they don't mind their own business, they want to devastate everything that comes at their way, and they are radioactive. They aren't good for your body and I think this is a good time to remind you all that the ozone layer helps us, it shields us from these deadly cosmic rays. So, I think you all should go go out and thank the ozone layer for being so kind and cool. (laughs) Now, collision of atoms at high speeds continued and uh, then there was no stopping. And then one uh, one after the another, fundamental particles, you know, just they... They kept being discovered and, well, there was no end to it. And then came in existence, one by one, the standard model of physics with a plethora of members like the up quark, down quark, the strange quark, the charm quark, the tau particle, among so many others. So, in total, there are about um, 33 subatomic particles, including the antimatter. Now, yes, the very antimatter that we see in... Yes, the very antimatter that we see, Nasals and Demons, by Dan Brown, which I'm pretty sure is a popular cult fiction. So yeah, CERN has actually managed to make antimatter, now, just a couple of atoms, because, well, we don't want to be risking anything right now. And believe me when I tell you, these particles are crazy. Now their annihilation when in contact with normal matter now just shows how powerful they can be. Now the fundamental particles are further arranged in families corresponding to their function and their electric charges but you know what, let's, let's not get into that. That's way too much of science for you all to just take in. So, and we got further to go, chop chop. Oh God, I think I just overloaded your brain, huh? Okay, why not? Just think of a guitar. And no, I'm not crazy. Just think of a guitar. Just imagine plucking its strings slowly and gently. And no, I don't care if you cannot play a guitar. Just pluck on the damn string. Okay, cool. There we go. Now, see how the guitar strings aren't displaced from their positions a lot? Okay, cool. Now, let's try again. But I want you to pretend that you are a world-famous rock star. Now, play that guitar real wild. Imagine people cheering you. Yeah, that's more like it. Now, see how at both instances, the sound imitating from the guitar was different. Now, strings are the same. Now, you might wonder what strings are. Well, coming to the root of even the most fundamental particle lie strings. Now, these strings are basically the roots of even quarks, tau particles, gluons, basically everything. Now, these strings resonate in a particular way now strings are the root of all there is and their vibrational patterns decide everything now they apparently unify the four very fundamental interactions that is gravitation electromagnetism strong nuclear and weak nuclear force into one a grand theory that is the theory of everything now string theory is still a subject of speculation among physicists but they're saying that the way you walk what you eat the way you laugh now everything is governed by the vibration of these strings yeah crazy huh (laughs) now string theory is also mentioned in kip thorn's book the science of interstellar one of my absolute favorites i i honestly recommend it to you now it is based on the movie interstellar in which Thorne was a scientific consultant now remember gargantua the huge ass black hole yeah my guy kip calculated the radius of the creation disk that should be there for a black hole that big uh, remember the planet with the huge waves? Yeah, that's Kip again. Is it too apparent that I'm his huge fan? <laughs> hey Kip, you're, if you're listening to this, I love you and you're my hero. <laughs> Enough of the So, Anyways, these strings show that objects are connected through dimensions and these ultimately lead to the topic of, well, at last, the brain world. Now, it seems likely from the quest to understand quantum gravity from string theory that, I, that our universe is a membrane. Now, physicists call it a brain. So, it basically says that, you know, string theory says that our universe is basically a membrane, which is called a brain. Yeah, pretty genius. Which resides in a higher dimensional hyperspace, which physicists called bulk. Well, Now, this is a speculation and not a well-proven fact. Now, we're still skeptical of brain world and um, the bulk world, but it's a good visual example to explain how dimensions work as a whole. A nice way of explaining it would be when, for the ones who have actually watched Interstellar, would be when Cooper falls into the black hole and encounters a fifth dimension placid act, where he sees the events that took place before his departure to the mission. So, he basically sees his daughter Murph's bedroom. Now, he uses books to signal his daughter to not let him go and the laws of quantum gravity are a speculation until tars the robot extracts him from inside the black hole for and like that for cooper and Murph they become a truth and not a speculation so yeah quantum mechanics is crazy that way one way to remember it would be that particles behave you know in a very different way if they are being observed so yeah pretty heavy stuff i know and yes the quantum world is weirder uh, than you can ever imagine now, string theory is just as scary, confusing, and well, mystical, I guess. Now, one string theory. Now, string theory has types. So, I'm gonna talk a bit about the types. Now, string theory is one type is the brain world scenario. Now, brain world scenario says that our universe is one of potentially numerous labs that are floating in a higher dimensional space. For example, think of you know bits and pieces of cereal just floating around in milk. Now, the milk is the higher dimension, while the pieces of cereal are, are the lower dimensions. So, that gives you a good idea of what the brain world scenario is. So, we are basically floating in a, a, ne- a never-ending sea of a higher dimensional space. Now, second variety which emerges is that the brain worlds are slamming into each other. So, basically, now think of two giant hands clapping And this happens over and over again. And after the, you know, the result of the clapping is a new universe, a new brain world, which, you know, goes out of existence, come in existence. And then they, you know, via Big Bang, they make a new universe. So this happens and brains collide, bounce apart, and they get attracted to each other gravitationally and then collide again. So this happens as a cyclic Uh, In a cycle so it never stops now. We're still not sure if this really happens. This is speculation, but still pretty cool Now the third scenario is a string theory which is the landscape theory which is basically the multiverse theory now this theory says that there's an infinite number of dimensions in which every possible thing that can happen is happening So, that means that if the brain world and the infinite universe theory holds true, then in the far reaches of an infinite cosmos, there's a galaxy that just looks like the Milky Way, with a solar system that is dead on the splitting image of ours, with a planet that looks exactly like Earth, with a house that is indistinguishable from yours, inhabited by somebody who looks like you, who is right now listening to this very podcast and imagining you, in a distant galaxy, just reaching the end of this sentence. Now, I, there's no not just one copy. In an infinite universe, there's a, there are indefinitely many copies. Now, in some universes, your doppelganger is now just listening to the end of the sentence or eating a snack or maybe, you know, petting their cat. And in others, they might have skipped ahead or just felt boring and just, you know, stopped the podcast altogether. put their phone down and another still they are somebody they are a version of a person that you do not want to meet in a dark alley so there are infinite number of possibilities that can happen of all the things that could happen all the things you could be all the journeys you could have taken so that is a multiverse theory for you it is a theory full of possibilities now these copies would inhabit inhabit rims that are so distant that the light traveling since the Big Bang does not have the time to cross you so if the big light from the Big Bang cannot cross you then you sure as hell cannot go there now but even without the capacity to observe these rims we'll see that basic physical principles establish That if the cosmos is infinitely large, it is home to infinitely many parallel worlds. So it's basically infinity, infinity, so much of infinity. The amount that boggles you, the amount that scares you and some worlds, some worlds in the infinite universe might not hold, not resemble our worlds at all. So again, I know there's a lot, this is a lot to digest, but a few of my favorite scientists are actually working on the string theory like Reza Randall Brian Greene, Richard Saskin, among many others. So, finding that this hypothesis might actually hold true, and it might open doors on a quest to find a grand unified equation, you never know, is literally the theory of everything. Now, I, I, my opinion on this is that maybe, you No, know, I have read quantum mechanics and I'm all about possibilities, it's all about what could be there and what we observe. So, in my opinion you never know string theory might actually hold true although some scientists are actually a bit skeptical about that now for the people who you know really want to know more about the string theory the multiverse i strongly recommend the hidden reality by brian green to start off understanding this universe dilemma and the string theory more. and i think that Brain, The brain world is an excellent way. Now, it is one of the many ways to find out the equation of everything. Now, some scientists uh, say that, you know, there isn't a theory of everything because there is no equation that can, you know, possibly explain everything that happens. But some say that you never know. There is a super theory which explains why we live, how the universe works, the way it does, among so many other things. So... You know, keep your hand so I'm not so so I'm not sure of, of what takes place next and what physicists you know find out in the next couple of years, whether they whether they do find out that there is a theory that unites every every part of physics known to us as humans, or if they don't. But one thing is for sure that physics makes you think, physics makes you wanna You know, it makes you want to look into things more. It makes you want to, you know, think. It makes you think. It makes you want to, you know, read into things. Or maybe in some people's opinions, as one of my friends once quoted, physics is boring, but it isn't. So I'll just sign off with one thing. Physics is truly badass. Ciao.